What I love about the broker model is the flexibility, the freedom, the nimbleness to pivot on so many different levels of our business that it, it just gives us a, an unfair advantage. And Welcome to the Build a Broker podcast. Each episode, you'll hear the journey of newly minted mortgage brokers from concept to first closed loan on their road to success. In this episode of Build a Broker, we're going to talk about our guest tech stack. We're going to talk about how he picks the right lenders to work with. We're going to talk about how he found the right partner to open up his mortgage brokerage shop with and how he maintains that relationship. But where we're going to get our hands dirty is we're going to hear the actual scripts that he developed and shares with his team to drive home the importance of working with a mortgage broker. And he uses that to quickly convert prospects into applications. We're also going to hear his referral scripts. Uh, You're going to want to take notes on this one. But first, a message from our sponsor. Rocket Pro TPO has the tools brokers need to compete, even in an ever-changing market. Elevate your game with world-class training called Pro Performance. It's elite coaching that only Rocket Pro TPO can offer. Partners walk away with the skills to confidently present to clients, explain market conditions, and win more business. Learn more at rocketprotpo.com. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, and MLS number 3030. I'm your host, Andrew Berman, and on this episode of Build a Broker, we're going to hear from Fernando Ascafi, the co-founder and COO at Primeline Capital. Let's hear Fernando's journey from meeting his eventual business partner in his early years of his career and how he leveraged the scripts that he started to develop early on in his career to empower his originators to continue to grow their business. Fernando, thank you so much for joining us today. So, so listen, I, I, there's a lot I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you uh, about the the success, uh, you know, that, that you guys have have had with uh, Primeline. Uh, you know, it's pretty impressive to see, you know, the the team that you've built. I mean, I, I just looked. You guys have now uh, 39 originators working for you guys. Got a, a, a new headquarters. I mean, you guys are on fire. But, but you know, at the genesis of this, you know, was you know you getting into the mortgage business. Um, and listen, I'm. I, I, I'm I'm going back actually or to, to your resume. Um, did you go to UNC with the idea that you were going to become a mortgage broker? I had no idea what I was going to be doing. <laughs> I knew it was going to be some <laughs> kind of finance related, and I had an idea it was going to be some kind of sales related, but I didn't know the level that it was going to go to. The uh, UNC Charlotte. I moved down here because you know you heard about banking, right? And then the growth and how it's the third largest banking center in the, in the world. And uh, so that's what attracted me to, to come down to UNC Charlotte, but no, didn't expect it. Interesting. So, so you got, so you, and, and I'm just looking at your history here. So you, you got, uh, you know, you, you graduated um, and then you went to, to grad school for your MBA in real estate finance. Now, now is, now what led you to that decision? Like where you so you had a, a major in finance and you're like, okay, I'm going to double down on real estate side of this. Yeah. So uh, a little bit about my background. So while I was in college, I actually just wanted to start building resume. And so I went to an accounting office across the street from university and uh, turned out the guy was opening up his own real estate firm. So I became the owner's right-hand man, ended up 
doing pretty much everything I could do without a real estate license. And uh, that's where I really started to fall in love with the real estate side of, of the industry. And so I ended up getting my license. I did that for a couple of years. And uh, when I uh, when I graduated, I went and I worked as a real estate broker, um, focusing mainly on investors and selling investment real estate. And so that's how I kind of got my foot in the door um, in this business. Now, that's a tough time. So, listen, you became actually a, a real estate agent in 2007 when, you know, when basically, uh, you know, all mortgage lending, uh, you know, was about to come to a complete screeching halt and, you know, property values were about to get battered. So, you know, what made this a, to say to you, hey, Fernando, this is a good idea. This The industry's <laughs> crashing around. Let's get into this. Uh, you know what? I didn't know it at the time. I was following a mentor and I, kind of riding his coattails and just trying to learn as much as I could. And uh, the, the man was very impressive and he was surrounded by very successful people. And so that's what I was trying to follow. I had no idea what I was getting into. And you're, you know, I was what, 20 22, 23, 21 years old, like you have no idea about the macroeconomics and of the economy and everything that's going on. So um, I just dove in and mastered my craft. And it, it's a lesson I learned later on, but there's always opportunities to make money in any kind of market. You just got to be the best at what you do. And I think that's what's really driven us to, I mean, even with what we're facing right now, like bring on the headwinds. Let's take them on. And, um, what's funny is I, I made a good amount of money coming right out of college in 07 with a, a real estate license, focusing on investors. Right. And that's where the bread and butter was because when times like this, right, interest rates were high financing was very limited very difficult to come by and property values are tanking. That's when real estate investors usually find opportunities. So, Turned out I was fortunate. I didn't plan it that way, but you know what? We learned the industry and we got really good at what we did. Well, I'll tell you right now, some some of the best originators that are in business today and that have, have careers that are sustainable, you know, for decades to come are people who got into the business 2006 to 2008. So, you know, like there's, there's the, you know, whether you realize you saw it or was something like the, uh, you know, just unconsciously the opportunity presented it to yourself, like you said, to kind of, you had a mentor to ride their coattails, uh, you know, th that, it, it it really worked for you. So so talk to a little, a little bit about the the mentor and and how impactful was this person in your life? So um, very grateful for everybody's come into my life that's led me to where I am, whether it was something positive or negative. Um, but this mentor of mine, like just. I, it was very random. I, I was at a pool party in college and I was talking, I heard some kid talking about real estate and I told him, Hey, I just got my license. And then he said, Oh, no way. You got to meet this guy. And so like, he actually introduced me to my mentor and, um, I call him that because he's the guy that really got me into studying and learning sales. Right. So it was everything from, Hey, 
when you're building your real estate business, you've got to find the best people and surround yourself with the best people because that way it makes it easier for you when you've got a team to win more business and earn more clients and earn people's trust when you build that kind of reputation of having the best inspectors, knowing the most about real estate, having the best team of finance lenders and options available for your clients. And that's made it so much easier to be able to, when you're walking up and, and meeting people, say, I've got the best lender. you got to talk to him. He's got phenomenal interest rates, excellent programs, and he knows his stuff, right? He'll get their loan closed on time. Make sure that you get to the closing table uh, without a lot of troubles and make sure we, we get this thing from A to Z closed up and buttoned up. And so um, he's the guy that like I remember very distinctly getting me excited about learning how to communicate efficiently, how to build excitement, how to motivate action um, and really start studying and diving into books like John Costigan and um, all, you know, all kinds of sales books that teach you how to just master your craft. So was there any like one pivotal book or a book that, that you know, for, for, for each of your 38 originators that you said, you got to read this book? The, I mean, so I tell everybody how, how to master the art of selling by Tom Hopkins. Phenomenal book. That was one of the ones that like really got me intrigued. And I picked up a lot of little details um, about sales, but it's something that you have to constantly be studying and observing. So I tell everybody that comes in from day one, welcome to Prime Line Capital. We do mortgages here, but just but if you want to be the best at what you do, you can't just learn mortgages. You got to learn real estate. You got to learn finance. You got to learn investments, capital markets, debt consolidation. You got to learn sales, psychology, how to communicate efficiently. So um, I think we should always be students of everything that can like always look for what am I struggling with or what can I become better at and look to surround yourself with the people that are really good at it. And then dive in, find books, listen to podcasts, listen to you know YouTube videos of people that are really good at what you're looking to do. And that's how you get to master your craft. But it starts with your motivation, your ambition. You've got to be the one that's hungry to learn, to continue to get better every single day, because that's how you're going to separate yourself against the competition in whatever industry or business you're in. Yeah. So, and this one, one, one way actually, you know, you uh, beat the competition is you join your competition. So you got you have a partner, uh, Brad Lawson, uh, you know, a fellow originator. Um, how did you guys meet, and, and like you know what <clears throat> what led to this idea that you guys are going to team up together to to uh, uh, create uh, Prime Line? Yeah, so that was very cool and very fortunate to have Brad come into my life because I've learned so much from him, and the synergies are just phenomenal when we're together. Um, but the um, so I was uh, I was director of sales strategy for a major company down here in Charlotte, billion dollar company, and um, my whole job was to design sales strategies, right, um, and scripting and trainings for trained about fifteen hundred agents, sales agents in in my career, and when I came to the the mortgage company that I worked at. Um, at the time, Brad was was already there, and um, he ended up. Him and I started off the same, right, on the, as loan officers, um, and then I left to go pursue this uh, uh, this 
director of sales strategy position, did it for about two years, learned a lot, mastered my craft at sales. But when I came back uh, to selling mortgages, I came back for the unlimited income potential, right? I hit a ceiling and uh, in my current position, but Brad um, had now just completely evolved in those two years that I had left into a phenomenal leader. And, and I mean, uh, I remember, you know, when I first was working at, at the company and him and I met, like we went out of Myrtle Beach for <laughs> a weekend Memorial Day uh, trip and it, it was nothing but party, right? So I knew party animal Brad and I was very much the same way. And so when I leave for two years, I come back, he's transitioned into this completely just phenomenal leader and this guy I admire a lot. And I end up working under him. So he becomes my manager um, at the uh, the mortgage company that we worked at together. And then um, it was funny because I was the top converting loan officer in the company very quickly. Um, and so he knew how to manage me as a top performer. Right. He knew how to motivate me, how to keep me disciplined and keep pushing me to continue to get better and want to do more and achieve more every every time. Um, and so I grew, I mean, just phenomenal admiration for the guy. Uh, we worked so well together. Um, eventually, things uh, you know took a turn at the company where I wanted more. Right. Um, I was looking I was not looking to ever be a business owner, but I knew the, the talent that I had to, to train and and develop people provided more value than just me being a loan officer and just selling my 10 to 20 loans a month. Um, and so what uh, the transition out of Wyndham was actually very very necessary for my self-confidence, I'd say, because uh, what ended up happening was I made a proposition to the owner of the company. I said, let me take a team of loan officers that are struggling. Let me train them up. And within 30 days, if we haven't seen an impact, right, then I'll stay a loan officer. But otherwise, we can explore other other models. And I was looking to hit, you know, like a, a big C-level or VP-level position within the company. Um, so we ended up taking a team of, of loan officer, took some of the loan officers that were going from four, selling four loans a month to selling 10 to 12 loans a month. So – three to four X what they were converting. And so this is using your strategy. Yeah. Using the strategy. I, yeah I literally de uh, developed a strategy. I typed up a script and I just had them read through the script right? and like just master and learn and memorize and internalize the script. Um, and literally within 30 days, they go from four sales a month to 10 to 12 sales a month. And so we quantify that out. I'm seeing dollar signs, the owner of the company is saying, hey, you know what, we'll put you on as a salaried. And so we didn't we didn't meet eye to eye. And so I actually ended up quitting my job in December of 2018 um, to start my own consulting company. And so um, parted ways. I love the company that I worked with. They were fantastic. They taught me everything I needed to know. They helped me develop um, a lot of great mentors and still a lot of respect for them. But I, I needed I needed more personally. And so I was going to start a consulting company to uh, train loan officers when um, I'm uh, and I ended up doing some some consulting gigs. But two buddies that used to work at the same company were thinking about opening up a brokerage. So they reached out to me when they found out I, I left and uh, there was a proposition to, to join them. Um, it didn't work out with with either of the two, but that's when we 
had reached out to Brad to see if he wanted to, to, to be in. And we, uh, Brad and I synced up. It was just love at first sight, man. And it was, we knew how each other worked. We knew our strengths. He's got the leadership. I've got the sales. Um, together we come up with, uh, with the strategy. Um, and, uh, yeah, that happened in January, 2019. That's awesome. So, so uh, listen. Any lessons uh, or uh, or guidance uh, that you can share to anyone who's thinking about, uh, you know, uh, you know, partnering up? Because listen, so some of the times these things go beautifully, like it hasn't the case with you and Brad. Uh, so many times it doesn't go this case. It doesn't go this route. Um, so, talk to us about any, any kind of guidelines or guidance that you can give anyone in our audience that, that that's out there thinking about becoming a mortgage broker and doing it with a partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I absolutely love that we did it as a partnership. Zero regrets there. Just the the synergies, the cutting of the learning curve, the duplicating, um, uh, or you know, like splitting, dividing tasks um, has been very helpful to help us grow faster. Uh, but we almost made a very bad deal at the beginning um when it was me and one other partner uh potential partner and we were talking to brad and at the the signing table we realized like our long-term visions were not aligned um when we were sitting there in front of the attorney getting ready to um to form the company and so uh you do have to know who you're working with and you have to have respect like that is one of the things that i think brings us together even when we have difficult times and when we're going through adversity is the the respect we have for each other and the like neither one is like we're willing to do whatever it's going to take i mean to make sure that we succeed, that our people are successful. Um, and the respect that we show each other when we're communicating is something that just helps us overcome whatever obstacles or disagreements we might have. Um, and setting those standards up front, setting those guidelines up front on how, when things go bad, right? Because things will go bad at some point, right? Not everything's going to be beautiful and, and we're going to be funding you know, 10 loans per LO for, for years, right? And so with knowing that things are going to go bad, it's just important to set those expectations up front. Like, hey, when things go bad or we have disagreements, what are we going to do? Right. Um, and just having conversations, talking things out. So respect and communication is extremely important when you're picking so picking a partner. Do, do you guys, do you guys actually go that far as saying, OK, so like what happens in this case, worst case scenario? What happens like where where you play out, uh, you know, a death or, uh, you know, when you guys just don't want to do the business anymore? Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. So we've we talked about all that before we even got to the signing table. Um, and uh, we talked it through. I mean, it was just all right. Let's talk about all the potential. And you can't prepare yourself for everything, but. You want to prepare yourself for as much as you can and understand the mindset of the other person that you're working with and their core values for when the things come at you that you weren't prepared for or you didn't expect. Right. So knowing that Brad will do what it takes or work as hard as it takes when things hit the fan. Right. Like that's what gives me the confidence to know that I picked the right partner to go to battle with every day. 
That's awesome, man. I, I love it. Well, so, so listen, it's it's very clear that, you know, one of your unique selling propositions is that you're a mortgage broker and you have the ability to go to all these different companies. I look at your 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 site and your technology looks awesome. Um, so what, what, what do you love about the mortgage broker model? Yeah, the uh, so it's, it's funny because I've only worked at one other mortgage company, so I only have one basis of comparison. Um, but the amount of like depth that I went to learn the industry and learn the business while I was at that company, I feel like has paid so many dividends with the way we run our business. So uh, we were at a uh, direct-to-consumer, uh, direct lender uh, previously. And so uh, we got to see what happened and we got to see how the company was run and the things that went really well. And we got to see the you know, the disadvantages of that model and the way they ran their business. So um, with the direct lender model, right, you only have the rates that if you're a loan officer at that company, you can only sell the rates that that company offers. When there are layoffs in processing or operations and all of a sudden the turn times go from 25, 30 days to 45, 60 days to close a loan. Customer service obviously isn't going to be as as strong um, in those time periods. And so we got to see what happened and what we were up against, the headwinds that we faced as an individual loan officer at that company. And um, what I love about the broker model is the flexibility, the freedom, and the nimbleness to pivot on so many different levels of our business that it, it just gives us a, an unfair advantage. And um it's funny, like, you know, you see what happens when rates go up. Well, hey, over here as a broker, when one lender raises their rates because they got to raise their margins, maybe they got to make more money. Well, guess what? We pivot. We go to another lender who's got lower rates and we can still offer a good service for, to the client. When processing slows down, right? And turn times with some lenders go up to 45, 60 days or their customer service is terrible. They're processing, they're losing paperwork, whatever the the disadvantages of, of going through that lender, we can quickly pivot to another lender and still keep our and maintain our level of customer service and, and closing loans quick. So yeah, the flexibility of being a broker is fantastic. So, so, and, and how do you select your lenders that you work with? Uh, speed solves everything, right? So uh, in our model, it is how can we find the lenders that'll get our clients loans closed the fastest and the easiest for our processing team to, to make sure that we're moving smooth. But like we've been fortunate enough to not just find that, but also find lenders that are completely like not completely, but very competitive on interest rates as well. And so um we're not the kind of company that just wants one or the other. We want it all and we feel like we should be able to have it all. And um, the partnerships and relationships that we're building with some of these major lenders, uh, I mean, we're talking big, you know, na nationally recognized companies um, that we can advertise, hey, we can get you a loan through them. You'll actually get a better deal by going directly through us versus through one of their retail loan officers. Um, and like we can get the loan closed on time. You're getting a better deal. And Hey, if anything changes, we got other options that we can always pivot to um, for different scenarios anyway. So. 
and and so let's talk a little bit about your tech stack because if you're talking about these about these big players because I, I see the wholesale lenders that you guys uh you know uh, promote obviously rocket pro tpo uh, one of them huge was, was, yeah i mean you're 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 uh, a, a big lender with them they think the, the world of you so um like you know but but rocket also on the retail side they're amazing at what they do talk to us about how you're able to create a like a tech stack that creates uh like a, a similar borrower experience uh to someone going to like the biggest mortgage lenders out there yeah so um yeah and rocket is a huge partner of ours they've actually got on the wholesales had phenomenal interest rates right and um their processing is ridiculously fast um in terms of uh, a tech stack what like what working with these major lenders allows us to do is utilize a lot of their technology and a lot of their systems and their processes. So we're on the side of originating. So that means we have to find the client and convince them to move forward with us with one of our lenders. Um, with that, we have, I mean, we, we're choosing to spend the money on the right technology uh, to make it easier for our loan officers to do their jobs better. So well, we've invested in Encompass, the broker version, because obviously that is one of the top brands out there. Um, looking at all the other uh, systems available, Encompass just gave us what, uh, everything we need, plus, uh, plus more to, uh, to expand. Um, Velocify. Phenomenal for our CRM and automated texting, automated email. So we do utilize that a lot uh, because you can't get a hold of everybody, especially in, in, in this day and age. Everybody wants to text, right? And so, hey, we're happy to text. We can type and text right there through our computer. We can have the automated text messages go out to at least you know start conversations um, and see who would rather go via text who would rather go via email um and so our technology allows us to to get the customers in the door but being able to leverage the tech from these major companies like rocket mortgage it just makes it easier for our loan officers to do their jobs on the back end and actually close the deal right because they've got phenomenal pmi options they've got great interest rates for us um and so the opportunities are, are endless. And so we can tap into the technology, the research, the processing, the underwriting of these major lenders, and we don't have to focus on hiring underwriters or uh, lock desk or additional overhead. We can keep our overhead costs low and not have to make as much money per loan. So we just get more loans. The more loans we get, the more people we're helping, the more referrals we'll get in the future. Yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. So, so, um, you know, and talk to us a little bit about, about uh, you know, both both your referral process and and also what do you do to keep the lenders from coming back? And one of the things, big lenders, they're awesome at retention. Um, traditionally, mortgage brokers, uh, you know, mortgage brokers, uh, many cases they proudly uh, proclaim that they're a hundred percent purchase or mostly purchase, which means that they're leaving transactions on the table. Uh, so, talk to us a little bit about you know what you guys do to make sure actually that that. If someone's having that prime line experience, they're going to have it again and again. Yeah. All right. So this is where uh, I believe the loan officer training has a pretty big impact. Um, and just to, to show you, right, when I was at uh, our previous company that we used to work at, um, quickly became one of the top loan officers with the least amount of tenure. 
right? I was there less than three years, uh, but I was converting higher than everybody else out there. And I had one of the largest referral bases with very little realtor referrals. And so um, when it comes to getting repeat business and getting referrals, a lot of people think it has to come from real estate agents or, or realtors. And it, by all means, Yes, we want that business, but it's not your only source. So even with refi leads, the important thing is you do a good enough job for your clients and you let them know that, hey, you're a human being and it's important to you as well. Like let them know early on in the conversation. If you do a good enough job, people are more than happy to put your name out there and they'll remember you and they'll come back and they'll tell their friends and their colleagues and their neighbors and everybody at work right, uh, about you and your company. And that's how we grow. We, like, that's how we've grown. So like we've got brand new loan officers coming into the business, zero experience, zero referral partners, but they're getting referrals from their clients that they're helping right now. Interesting. Right? And so it, uh, it comes from asking up front. Let them know, hey, look, this is how I do business. This is let me tell you a little bit about my company. Please, if you know anybody, tell your friends because we're working hard over here, right? And those simple statements right there, let them know, hey, please, if you know anyone, tell your friends we're working hard, trying to help as many people as we can. That resonates with people. You're a human being. It shows humility and it shows that you care. You're like you're trying to do a good job. And so then all you have to do is you have to back it up. You have to show your clients that you actually care about saving them money, right? People talk about building rapport and and winning the deal by uh, – by you know finding common ground with the client right or uh talking about sports their kids and that kind of stuff and that stuff's great but what we train everybody here is look you want to build rapport you want to earn your customers trust and, and turn them into a client for life show them that you are the best loan officer they possibly could have picked up a phone and talked to ever right teach them how the banks make money off them teach them everything you know about mortgages so that they don't make mistakes that a lot of loan off that a lot of clients make when they're when they're getting loans and so you teach clients that they'll remember you cuz not a lot of loan officers are going to do that kind of stuff so we're in the business of teaching people let them know that it's important to you do a good job and you then you've got you've earned the right to ask for that referral at the end well, that's awesome. So, so you you kind of prep them at the beginning, saying, "Hey, listen, this is this is how we run. You're going to introduce us to people, and then you wow them with your service, and then you remind them, okay, remember, this is what we need to do. This is how we continue to grow. This is how we stay in business. Uh, you kind of uh, and, and ask for the introduction because at that point you've earned those introductions. So it's a lot easier to ask ask for those introductions to their friends and family than on in the Onset where who knows how this transaction is going to go. Now, do you ask them at the end? Do you ask them like after it's closed or once you've got a, a, a clear to close before everything gets ugly? So we do it uh, at almost every positive touch point, right? So a positive touch point is when they say, yes, let's go ahead and move forward because now they're excited. As soon as you hang up that phone, what I tell our loan officers, don't say, hey, thank you for the business. Say, hey, congratulations. I'm excited to work with you. Right? Why? Because if you're thanking them, that means they're doing you a favor. But in reality, if you did a good enough job, they should be thanking you for teaching them everything that you taught them, getting them a good deal, maybe saving them from the bad deal that they were getting with another lender because they weren't going to shop around and you convinced them to take two minutes to look at what you had to offer. Right. And so 
at every positive touch point, we try and ask them. So to give you a, a couple examples, first thing, you know, we train our loan officers. But when you're talking to somebody, the first thing you got to convince them of is to give your company a chance. So you got to sell your company first before you sell yourself, before you try and sell the rates and the products. You got to convince them why they should even listen to you. Well, nice thing is we work with over 10 different lenders, but we get access to wholesale interest rates. So it's usually cheaper when you go directly through us because we don't have to charge that much and we get paid by the lenders directly. Right. So we don't have to charge you a bunch of extra money to do your mortgage for you. A lot of people don't know about it, but it's one of the cheapest ways to get a mortgage. The only thing I ask, tell your friends. <laughs> We're working hard over here. And so we plant that seed up front. Then we sell the product. We teach them about rates and payback period, how to get out of debt faster, how to pay off your mortgage without having to jump up to a 15-year payment. Right? You can do that on your own, accelerate the debt and pay the house off faster. Banks hate when you do that because they don't get to make all the money off the interest that they expected to make. And so these are the kinds of things that resonate with clients. And if you do a good job of teaching them this stuff, right, then they know how to pick the rate. So if they're only going to be in the house for two years, they don't spend $10,000 in points buying down the rate, which is only going to yeah. save them 100 bucks a month for, for two years. Right? Wow. And so, so, so yeah, so there's a... A lot of a lot of different tactics that we teach our clients, so that at the end of it they say, "Man, that sounds amazing." Yeah, what would you do, right? And then based on what their situation, we say, "Hey, well, here's what I would do if I were in your situation." Um, boom, boom, boom. The customer says, "Yes." Hey, all right, perfect. Congratulations. Excited to work with you. Remember, please, if you know anybody, tell your friends. Yeah. We're working hard over here. And then once the the loan gets approved, right? We tell them, "Hey, congratulations. Loan got approved." Remember, please tell your friends. So we hit them on multiple different points. Uh, the the way we we train our loan officers to to build their referral business is by letting them know up front, like bragging about your company and and how uh, you do business, right? So. Tell them about how we can shop 10 different lenders for them. Get them excited about the fact that we actually get access to wholesale interest rates from these lenders. We get to set lower, lower margins so we can get you better interest rates and less closing costs, less fees. A lot of people don't know about the broker model. And so please tell your friends, right? We're working hard trying to help as many people as we can. And that's humbling. It, it shows people that you have a, an interest in saving people money, which that's the whole reason they're shopping for a mortgage to try and save money and make sure they're getting a, a good deal and they're working with somebody that's not going to rip them off. And so you've got to go at it with the right intentions. Once you you plant that seed early on and, and let them know this is important to me, then you actually have to deliver. And that's where uh, when we train our loan officers, how do you deliver? You deliver by showing them how to save money, showing clients how to avoid the common mistakes that a lot of loan uh, that a lot of clients make when they're getting a more mortgage, right? The way banks like to make money is by charging more fees up front because then it takes you longer to recoup those savings. And oftentimes, most people don't keep a mortgage through the payback period of what they use to, to buy down the rate. And so we teach people about that so they can choose the rate more wisely um, and not put themselves further back in debt unnecessarily. We show them how to get out of debt faster, how to pay their house down faster, how to save on interest. And so when you teach people all these different things, it makes them see that you're somebody that genuinely cares. We're not working for the banks. Right? We're working for our clients. If we can show you how to save more money, only thing I ask is that you tell your friends about us. That's how I grow my business. And then at the end of the call, if you've delivered on that, 
we tell every, every loan officer, do not end that call without congratulating that client for moving forward and, and making the decision and getting a good deal with you, right? As soon as you congratulate them, let them know again, hey, please remember, if you know anyone, tell your friends we're working hard, right? And it resonates and people understand it. And it's fun to watch new loan officers come into this business with no referral base. And yet they're like, hey, I just got a referral from this first deal that I closed, right? And so wow. it helps first accelerate deal. the the pace of, of how you build your business. Yeah. So, so any idea like, you know, from, from a, uh, like, you know, from a, a newbie perspective, um, what is it typical for, uh, a, a new MLO to be able to get in terms of referrals from one borrower? So obviously it's going to vary and the, there's no, like, oh, this will get you this amount of, of referrals. It depends on, you know, it, first of all, are you doing the, the right things? But second of all, all right, like you got to get somebody that is willing to, to actually tell them about you. Um, but it's not uncommon for loan officers to come in and within their first couple deals have a referral from, from somebody. I mean, people that are buying homes or refinancing usually are talking to their, their family and their friends about uh, or colleagues ab about what they're doing or trying to source information or source ideas. Where'd you get your mortgage from? What's your rate, right? Like who are you using? Well, who's your realtor? Um, and so it opens up opportunities, but again, you just, you have to do a good job for the client to, to do that, but can't, can't honestly put a number on, on how many you can expect within your, your first how about say, you? 30 days or what, so. What, what are you getting? So when someone's, but when someone sits down with Fernando, well, what is what does it look like? I mean, how, typically, how many referrals are you getting from uh, one uh, transaction? So I'm actually not originating anymore. I'm uh, I'm full on training um, and supporting our staff. So uh, we got about 25 uh, full time loan officers, a couple managers, um, and a director of training. Um, but I'm actually heading the uh, uh, the training and development. Um, along with our, our director. Um, and also right now, uh, you know, the, with this given the, the current market, you always got to pivot, right? And so um, the, the current market right now has me working on bringing in more realtor referral partners and relationships. And so um, I'm not personally originating loans, uh, but that when, when I was selling, that was my favorite part was doing such a good job for that client on the phone that at the end of it, they were so excited to tell all their friends about me that I was always going to be this person's go-to, whether it was mortgage related or real estate related, they were going to come to me to, to get advice or at least a direction of, of who to talk to. Fernando, if we can go back actually to uh, the, uh, so I know you're not originating loans anymore. Uh, you know, you, you're helping uh, you know, convert uh, newbies into the business and make them the conversion master that you became. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about you as an originator, uh, you know, what it looked like for the kind of referrals that you were getting from a single transaction before you uh, transitioned to uh, being a manager. Yeah, so the uh, the majority of my referrals came from refinance um, online leads, right? So um, it was 
not necessarily going out and working with realtor partners, but I was working uh, with my clients to send me a, a bunch of, of referrals. And so I'd say probably out of uh, every 10 clients, I'd have one that would refer me, uh, you know, one to two that would refer me um, a, a client or, or so. Um, I did develop, uh, what's funny is I did end up uh, developing certain pretty much friendships with some clients that they would just go out and they would send me, you know, one person a, a month or one person every other month that they were just telling about me. And so there were a couple of clients that were a lot more involved um, and just big fans of, uh, of uh, how we helped them. And um, so those were obviously more noticeable. Um, and then what's funny is sometimes real estate agents would go online and they'd put their information and we'd end up doing a refi and at a, you know, at a, that relationship, we'd end up creating a, a partnership and started earning that business as well. So um, it, uh, it's definitely been uh, about, year and a half or so since I was originating. Um, but, uh, fun to now watch the, uh, the newer LOs put these techniques to practice and start getting, getting their deals. And it's funny. So we just had a, a new class of loan officers hit the phones in, uh, in May. Um, and, uh, one of them already sold seven deals, uh, our first 30 days, one of them sold five, one of them sold six. And, um, I think each one of them has already gotten a referral from one of their clients, um, off of one of those deals. So they're, you know, if you do the right work for, for people and, let it be known that it's important to you. You can build your business that way as well. So, and, and to, I mean, it's, that's awesome. It's great. I mean, to just, just doing the right thing, uh, you know, always, always pays dividends. Uh, but, but let me ask you, uh, as, as far as, so lending tree named you, uh, number one converting lender in, in the country. Which is phenomenal. Obviously, you know this is rooted in in your roots of being, you know, the top converting MLO in, in even in your early years in your career. Um, is there any like you know things actually that you could say that you need to do in the first few seconds of the phone call because you know you're basically being evaluated right away. So, are there any few and any things that you could share? For what someone could say in the first few seconds of the call to gain that trust because. That's yeah, going to help you yeah, convert. Yeah. So number one thing um, is the client, when they pick up that phone call, they don't know who you are. They probably don't know your company. I'm not naive enough to think that Primeline's a well-recognized brand out there. Nobody has heard of us if they go on LendingTree. They might see our logo, but that's about it. Um, and they haven't heard of us previously, but... They've heard of a lot of the major players that are on the LendingTree platform, right? They've heard of Amerisave. They've heard of Rocket Mortgage. They've heard of these major lenders. Um, and one of the advantages that we have is that we partner with some of those major lenders. And so the number one thing you got to do when a client hasn't heard of you is you have to give them a reason to want to even stay on the phone with you. So how do we do that? We do that by associating ourselves with major recognizable brands like Rocket Mortgage and explaining to the client, hey, well, one of the advantages of working with us is we actually work with about 10 different lenders so we can pull up the interest rates and I'll 
go over all your programs right now. And if I can't save you more money, it won't waste another minute of your time. But real quick, let me just find out exactly what you're looking to do. It looks like you're looking for X, Y, Z, right? And then you go into just asking questions. But number one priority is sell the company first. Then you sell yourself with the education you give the client. Then you can sell the product and the lender. All right. So I want to know actually what um, Primeline, what led you guys to create the name uh, Primeline Capital? Is there, is there any kind of meaning behind this? Yeah. So the uh, one thing that I think Brad and I both stand for is we want to be the best, right? We want to dominate everything. It's just always, it's, it's part of our persona and, um, the name Prime Line it just it stood out to us. It's funny we spent probably two days putting a bunch of words on a spreadsheet uh, in one column, and then a bunch of words on on a row. And then we actually had Excel like merge and mix all kinds of words together um, to give us all these different name variations. And and we went through I mean like two days of just going through things and. We didn't like them or some things were already taken. Uh, and then Brad goes, what about Primeline Capital? And it took me a minute, but I was like, man, I was like, all right, tell me about it. He's like, dude, like just prime, like being number one, being the best, being the top, right? Like ma- being masters of, of everything. And um, I was like, all right, yes, like I can stand behind that. And then he, he, he threw out the uh, – like our, our tagline, like lending confidence. Right. And I was like, man, all right, that's cool too. So it was like, we were just sitting there in a, in a room trying to figure it out, but that's, that's where the, the name came from. Wow. That's awesome, man. I love it, man. I can feel it, man. I can feel it actually in the energy from seeing the two of you guys. I feel motivated. I feel like you guys are like fighting hard to get the best deal you possibly can for your borrowers. And, and, and I, I love it, man. That's, that's great. But so what's the future look like? I mean, you're already, you're already, you know, uh, one originator shy of 40, uh, you know, so, and it looks like, you know, your trajectory is just going sky high. Um, you know, but what, what's the future for you guys? Yeah. The, uh, I mean, give us a crystal ball, but the, uh, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be challenging. This, these are some headwinds that we're facing with this, these interest rate hikes um, that are going to challenge us. They're going to push us to uh, to adapt. But um, what I do love is we're in uh, we're in it to win, and we're going to pivot. So uh, moving forward, I mean, companies. It, let's face it, right? Um, a lot of the industry is consolidating. It's it's getting smaller. People are falling out of the business, and uh, we're we're minimizing that here. Um, but we're making shifts. So moving forward, we're going to continue the direct to consumer model where we're buying leads because um, that keeps our loan officers making money, um, and uh, and staying uh, staying afloat. But um, we're also pivoting to um, opening up more of the retail model as well where uh, we bring in more realtor relationships and uh, we go uh, and start um, hosting educational uh, seminars and, and webinars to, to bring in more client and, uh, and, and start building our, our brand and our recognition that way as well. So um, what exactly the company is going to look like in five years? It, I'll tell you, 
nobody can predict it and i'd be lying to you with one version of it because we just got to be ready and nimble to uh to pivot with whichever way is going to make us the most successful and so um we're going to be testing out different stuff and we're going to continue to iterate and continue to evolve our company and our model. Um, but right now, yeah, hyper-focused on uh, continuing to bring the business that we are, but we are looking at opening up more of the, the retail and, uh, and realtor referral partnerships um, in the uh, immediate future as well. Fantastic. Fernando, thank you so much for taking the time today to tell us a little bit about your story, about your journey uh, to go from uh, mortgage banker to become a mortgage broker. Andrew, I appreciate it, man. It was a pleasure. I love what you what you guys do. It's uh, awesome that you're uh, spreading the word about how the broker model works and uh, a little bit about the challenges, the pros, the advantages. Um, I think uh, it's definitely one of the the better models out there that people can take advantage of, and both uh, as consumers and as uh, as mortgage professionals. So um, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for having me. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. When you want to grow, strengthen, and protect your business, Rocket can. Partner with RocketProTPO.com today. Opening up a mortgage brokerage shop sure comes with a lot of challenges. And there's a pretty steep learning curve to getting into this business. And that learning curve can be a little easier to take on when you're doing it with a partner. And... It could be kind of fun as you kind of get that sense with these guys. You'll hear that more in uh, Brad's episode, too. Uh, well, one thing that you'll you'll notice that uh, Fernando has a lot for uh, his partner, Brad, and, and I think this is like one of the, the secrets to great partnerships is respect. He's got a lot of respect. And, uh, man, how about those scripts? I'm telling you some great stuff there. Hopefully you took some notes and uh, you're going to share these with your loan officers that's it for this episode of Build a Broker, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All episodes are produced by T.G. Kutam Perar and Matt Mullins. Mike Savino is head of multimedia and Christine Stewart is editorial director. Opening theme is Adrenaline by Balloon Planet. And the music you're hearing now is Sharp Thin Blade by Francesco D'Andrea. Be sure you subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Help inspire other future brokers by sharing this episode and leaving your reviews. Join us in person at a Build a Broker event near you. These half-day events help you open, operate, and grow your mortgage brokerage with confidence. Learn more at nmplink.com slash B-A-B.